Welcome back to the Skuko Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Skuko Skukovic. Uh, today we're going to cover supercars in the Bend Motorsport Park. I know it's been a real long time since I've spoken about the category, um, namely because I've been bored with it. Uh, fair, honest. It, it's, it's had some ups and downs and I, I won't go into it, but I really enjoyed last weekend, so we're going to concentrate on that. So we're at Adelaide. Uh, well, not really in Adelaide. We're at the Bend Motorsport Park. And we had three pretty crazy races. The last race was a little bit more standard, I guess. Uh, Scotty McLaughlin winning that, of course, from uh, Fabs and Jamie Winkup. Speaking of Fabs, how good was it to see him back up on the top step and on the podium um, for a second time on a weekend? Often he'll come pop up on one occasion and then just disappear. But he had a real strong weekend, won the round, his 200th round. So congratulations to, to Fabs on that. I'm struggling to speak if you haven't already noticed. Um, and uh, also want to congratulate LeBrock and Forward because they had a really good showing, especially in race one. Unfortunately, they couldn't get together in the other two races. But we'll discuss that in a little bit more as we go along. So first port of call, a few things that I want to point out from this weekend so i want to discuss wink up and svg because a little bit to do with the tires a little bit to do with driving and uh some points of conjecture on on overtakes this weekend i mean a lot to do with svg i felt like he was really on the aggressive this weekend which you know i suppose he's coming after the championship so fair call you're going to go after it you you make it seen but before we get to that, let's discuss qualifying because to me, the qualifying of late has actually been really, really good. We've seen the likes of Mostert up there. Um, we've had the BJR cars up there. That's been really exciting to see for me. Like I, I, I love seeing all the different guys come up and actually challenge for, for pole position. Um, <clears throat> as we know, Scotty Mack, exceptional under qualifying circumstances, but even he had a rough time back in Townsville. Um, so it's been really good just to see different guys moving up and down the field. But nobody's been really consistent. Um, so it, it, it's just messed up the way the races have gone. Um, over the weekend, no real surprise, Chas Mustard got pole position on, on race for race 25. I say no surprise, but he has been coming all year over the qualifying pace yeah they're still struggling a little bit with race pace and i'm sure they'll get on top of that soon but it's really good to see them qualifying well and to be able to take it to the likes of triple eight and um shell v power racing um the other pole sitters were both scott mclaughlin no real surprise there um he didn't quite have the advantage he had this time last year but uh he he definitely still is king when it comes to quali um so yeah, so let's let's talk about the race. So race one was very interesting. Um, we had the wink up dive. Um, and I call it a dive. I've I've listened to um, uh, what is it, Below the Bonnet uh, just recently of AVL and um, and Reynolds and the like uh, and Caruso. And I just think they sometimes go in a little hard. Um, I feel like they're not on the, the Scotty bandwagon, which is fine because they've got Reynolds on the show. I kind of get that. Um, 
but I did find they were going a little bit hard on him. They they sort of stated that he was moving under breaks. Now I've gone back and and had a look um, over this a few times, and Scott clearly moves to the middle of the road and then applies the brake. He doesn't veer 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 there veer off his line at all. Um, if anything, Wink Up goes from the outside and then dives to the inside, kind of like what um, SVG did to him back at Townsville. Um, gets down or gets towards the inside, but pretty much by the time he gets about halfway alongside McLaughlin, he's already locking up. It's already game over. Locks the rears into the side of him. They both go off the track. Um, to me, it, it was predominantly Wink Up's fault. And I think that in this instant, um, the 15 second penalty was correct. Um, and it was deserved. There, there was no real ifs or buts about it. We keep going down this race though, and you get to SVG. Now, I've seen some pretty good defending in my time. And uh, I think SVG is one of the most aggressive defenders we have ever seen in supercars. And that's a good thing. Like, you know, he's protecting his lead. He's, he's doing everything he can. I do think he was on the absolute maximum of what he should be doing, though. Um, the one where uh, LeBrock got down the inside of him, he crossed under, and then they came through the last turn side by side. He really didn't give LeBrock any any racing room, and he just he basically just forced him off the road. Now, that's sort of not in the spirit of the racing, and I mean, if he'd stayed to the inside and given him a bit, little bit of room, he still would have had the inside run going into turn one. So I really don't understand that level of aggressiveness to, to make sure that they're off. And, and I'm sure if you ask SVG, he'll say, oh, my tyres were, were buggered. So, you know, I, I couldn't maintain where I was. Well, slow down a little bit. I'm, I'm, you know, if you're fast enough, you're fast enough, right? At the end of the day, there's defending and then there's that, which I think is really just crossing over the border of what it could be. But then I have the other argument, right, where I sit there and I look at it and go, if SVG doesn't stay in front, LeBrock just drives away, we don't get the ending that we saw, where it was just this massive, like, five-car fight. Um, I think there was Holdsworth in there, Coulthard was in there, LeBrock, SVG, and Scotty Mack, after that first spin, had managed to come through the entire field and, and get onto the back of these guys. Now, that was when... Another incident would unfold, of course. So this one I saw slightly different to, I guess, the Wing Cup incident. So Wing Cup comes from at least half a car length back um, on the outside of the track to the inside of the track. Uh, it was more of a dive bomb type scenario. When it comes to the pass that Scotty got in trouble for, he exits, I can't actually remember which turn it is, um, he exits the corner beforehand. He gets a very good run, not just a little run, a very good run on Lee Holdsworth. Um, Holdsworth goes to the outside, doesn't defend the line. Um, and by the time they get to the braking area, Scott already has overlapped. So his, his nose is, is at the back wheel of Lee's car. Now, as they're braking in, Scott has broken a slight smidge later um, and draws alongside Lee. Um, all the time hugging the inside curb. Uh, no queries, no problems, 
that's where he was. Lee slowly comes across taking what is the racing line, and he is entitled to do that, but you kind of need to leave racing room. And to me, Scott doesn't move. I know what uh, they ruled. Um, they, they actually said, if I find it in my notes here, um, they actually said... Having consulted the DSA, the stewards determined that driver of car five had left sufficient racing room for car number 17 and the steering angle on car 17 demonstrated that the collision was the consequence of the driver of car 17 not having complete control of his car on the entry of turn 14. I'm, I'm struggling with that. I've watched it 15 to 20 times over and over again at no point does Scotty's car appear like it's an understeering at all it hugs the inside line he's all over the the curb and Lee just keeps coming there's nothing you can do at that stage your car's already there what is is Scott supposed to disappear he tries to back out of it which is where the the issue I guess comes from he tries to just drop back a little bit and Lee come keeps coming and clips the front corner of his car. Um, had Scott kept in it a little bit further, he would have been a bit further up the car and maybe it would have just pushed Lee wide. Um, but unfortunately, the result was that he spun. Now, to me, there's, there's only one thing that would have changed the outcome of this. Lee would have known 100% that Scott was down his inside. I, I don't doubt for a minute that that's the case. Um, but what Lee failed to do was was leave sufficient room. I, I completely disagree with what they're saying. If Scott goes any further left, he bounces on that sausage, on the curb, on the sausage, um, and then he bounces out and probably into Lee anyway, and then they probably both go round. He didn't do that. He stayed absolutely on the curb limit, didn't touch the sausage. The car never veers until Lee actually makes contact. So... To me, Lee caused his own incident. If he leaves just enough room, he actually exits with the car slightly ahead anyway, and the next turn is a right-hander. So regardless of the fact, he would have maintained his position, and they both could have gone racing. Scott would have gotten him eventually because he just had that much more speed. But that's not the point. The point is the avoidance could have been had if car five didn't turn down on car 17. I just I just don't accept that Scotty wasn't in control because, as I said, I've watched it so many times and that car looks like it's on rails. It doesn't look like it's veering, like it's understeering into him or anything like that. It is, is quite clear that Lee is just coming across his nose. So for me, that 15-second penalty shouldn't have applied. And if they were going to apply a penalty because he did touch him before the B pillar, so to speak, then... I think it, it doesn't warrant 15 seconds. It was more of a, a five-second penalty if you're going to go that, that route because the Wink Up incident was hands down the fault of, of Wink Up. So then that's a 15-second penalty. I think you could argue that Scott and, and Lee were both together. If Scott wasn't there, Lee would, could have turned in, blah, blah, blah. But at the, the point is... It's not worth 15 seconds, and I think that was wrong. I think that was made a little bit because of the championship, because Wink Up was so far back because he'd copped the penalty for what it was. But 
I'm not going to throw conspiracy theories on it because it is what it is and you have to play within the rules. And if they, if the stewards determine you're in the wrong, you're going to cop it sweet. You're not going to be able to fight it anyway and there's no point to it. Um, so yeah, so I think it was wrong. I don't actually think Scott was in the wrong in this instant. I think Lee should have taken a lot more. I think the onus was on him to just leave that car with. Um, he definitely didn't do that because if he did that, there wouldn't have been contact. Um, everybody would have moved on with life and we would have seen uh, a cracking race play out with all players, not just the top three. As it stands, um, there was good that came out of this, right? So we had Bryce Fullwood grace the, the podium as a result of uh, Scotty's 15-second penalty. Um, it was really crazy, like, to... To, to look at that lineup, it was Coulthard, LeBrock, and um, and Forward. It's really good to see different guys up on the podium. So I suppose that is one consideration. That, like coming out of everything, that's a good thing. Um, we saw somebody else on the podium. But in terms of the championship, I don't think it was really right. Um, I don't think the actual move was wrong. I think the decision was wrong, but the move was on. Um, and Lee probably needs... I think if he looked at that back and was honest like later on down the track maybe 10 years down the track he'd probably say yeah i stuffed that up and i spun myself um i know i would if i was looking at it from from that or from how i look at it um when i go racing if i turn down on a competitor mate you risk getting hit that's pure and simple so you can't really get angry at that um so back to svg and uh the racing that was crazy. So over the the course of the weekend, he had a few altercations. Um, first ones being with LeBrock, um, escorting him wide and things like that. They weren't real biggies, but at the same time, it's really on the border of what is sporting and what isn't. Um, having said that, we had a cracking first race, especially with the tie blistering. Um, second race was also really good. Um, and, uh, at the end of it, SVG pretty much dominated that race. Um, he controlled the pace from the outs outset and uh, he was never really headed. He made the sweeping pass on McLaughlin into turn one, went very deep, got past him. Well done to him on that one. And the only thing that I would probably pull a point of conjecture in, in that particular race was um, when he, he, he came up behind Scotty, I think, it wasn't turn six, turn five. It was out of turn four, I think it is. Um, you know, got the run. But in, instead of, you know, doing something with it, he just continued to plow into the back of him. Um, I didn't really understood that. Like, it almost turned McLaughlin into the weeds. It didn't look very good. Um, it dis disrupted the back of Scotty's car. They go through turn five, and then ultimately SVG gets down un under him in turn six. Now... I would argue that regardless of the hit, SVG would have been down the inside of McLaughlin into turn six anyway. So what's the point in, you know, costing your team and another team money to replace things and fix things and, and everything else. So again, his antics on the track, sometimes I, I, I don't agree with SVG. I love watching him because he is that aggressive nature, but I, I also think he needs to learn to toe the line just a little bit. Um, he's just a smidge out of control at the moment um i didn't agree like back at townsville that 
he didn't get a penalty for turning uh, Cam Waters. I think that was blatant. You, you've turned your competitor, you get a penalty. Like, in, in, like uh, I, I, I know. Maybe I should watch what I say. Um, yeah, in, in the sense of like blatantly straight into the back of them and you turn them, I think you're going to get a penalty. If you're down the inside of them and then they cross over onto you, I don't think you should get a penalty. But there's, yeah, uh, it's... I suppose it's really hard to, to determine exactly the right point of call. At the end of the day, we've got a good championship on our hands. Um, the fight's going down to the wire. where They're 215 points between Wien Cup and McLaughlin going into this weekend, which is the shorter track version of the bend um, and where, where we've never raced before. So it's only a small section of track. Um, we're cutting out that really fast, long right-hander. So it'll be interesting to see how the tires cope now without the big loads, um, of that sweeping right. Um, I think they'll last a lot better and we'll see a little bit more aggressiveness from the rest of the field as well. Um, Heimgardner versus F SVG in the last race. What do we think of that? Um, to me, Heimgardner's clear. He gets in down the inside. Unlike Jamie, he doesn't lock up the rears. Um, he goes to turn into the corner. SVG tries to duck under him. Probably just misjudged a smidge and um, pushes the left rear of uh, Heimgardner's car and turns him right round. Now, I was up in arms at that point because I was already annoyed with SVG for the whole weekend, so... I think it was just a, you know, a boiling point, but, um, I felt for Heimgardner because he had the pace. He had the pace to, to not only get on the podium, but I actually reckon he had the pace to get the win. Uh, he came back through the field, came up to seventh in the end and, uh, just had genuine pace. And that car was looking after its tires. Um, Kelly racing actually uh, across the weekend were, were awesome. So, they had um, Heimgardner finished fourth in race one, while Rick finished sixth, which is a great effort. Heimgardner finished second um, in race two to SVG uh, with a ripper move, which I actually forgot to mention on Scotty. When Scotty was going um, down the inside of, I think it was Mostert, and Heimgardner took advantage of the fact that those two were squabbling and got down the inside of both of them. It was absolutely awesome to watch. One of the greatest moves I think I've seen for a long time. Um, but back to it. So Heimgardner came second in that race and Kelly also came sixth. So he, they had a pair of six top 10 finishes. Last race, Kelly finished in eighth and Heimgardner finished seventh after being turned by SVG. That is the strongest showing for Kelly racing that I've seen in a really long time. And it bodes really well coming into obviously this weekend because it's a similar track, but also going into... Um, into Bathurst. I think it, it's really cool to see these guys start coming towards the front. I think Heimgardner is one of the most underrated drivers in this field. And if they can get that car consistently quick, track after track, he can be a challenger for a title. 100%. Um, no questions asked. He, he is that good. He's, he's definitely got the upper hand over Kelly now um, and is just beating him on a consistent basis. Um, in terms of fluctuation, let's talk about these uh, beautiful tyres that have caused us, I guess, um, 
some people might say heartache, but I, I sort of say it's, it, it's been wicked. Tire degradation, not in masses, like it wasn't really, well, I wouldn't consider that real high deg. It was for a couple of cars, but that was due to set up more so than the actual tire itself. Um, but they, they're the best thing. A single tire, and I think a soft tire, over the course of a sprint weekend in um, in that format, three races uh, and set tires, like you can't actually, like, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say here? Um, oh, I've lost it. You know what I mean? Basically, the set tire allocation in terms of how many they have, how many they can use over the period, that's what I'm thinking of, uh, is is awesome, right? Like what they had five sets over the weekend they had to make use of and and that was it. And I think that's the best way forward. I don't think having a hard and a soft is the right way forward. I think that sort of doesn't create great racing. It's just sort of weird and anyone on a soft is just going to breeze past anyone on a hard type thing. Um, but I definitely think running the soft tire in sprint events um, with a cap at how many tires you get for the weekend is absolutely the perfect format. It works every time. And this weekend we saw obviously the blistering of those tires, which wasn't, you know, um, a, a great thing, I guess. You don't want to see tires explode or anything like that, but we didn't see that. Um, most of them pitted before they got to that point. Um, but it certainly threw the cat amongst, amongst the there amongst the pigeons because they, they were just you know one minute like brad jones racing percat was like chasing mostert and then all of a sudden he was just falling back so he just cooked his tires absolutely destroyed him and and that was that so and even in the first race jamie winkup just went aside from his penalty absolutely nowhere scott was able to drive back through the field and winkup just basically stayed in about 17th position um, and then there was SVG going off at the end of it. And it just makes for that unknown. You just don't know who's going to win it. Like anyone could have won. And that's what we want. We want that unknown. Um, yeah, the, the cream is always going to rise to the top. You're always going to have the Triple Eights and, and Shell V Power Racings vying for those front positions. But it does throw in a little bit of a, this could go wrong. And we saw that this weekend. Obviously, the first race, when they weren't on top of it, was absolutely epic. But even the last two races were actually quite good to watch. Um, and I feel like that the second race could have been a little bit better had Scott decided to actually push SVG. But he decided to just, I suppose, protect his championship in, in that sense. Which, you know, fair play to him. You know, you're not going to, um, you're not going to try and do anything too silly. Although, you know, he, he is a racer, so he still does go for the passes, which is good to see. Mostert's quality pace, I think I may have touched on it. That was really good to see. It's great to see the Walkinshaw guys up there. Um, obviously, they need to work on a bit of race pace, but um, overall, it is great to see them moving back towards the front. Um, and, yeah, the, the tyres and the deg was, was the biggest thing this weekend. Like, I, I honestly... Um, think that that is just the best format for our current race cars and what we have um i really hope that when gen 3 is announced we we hear about you know less 
um, aero um, and more mechanical grip and, and also, you know, a little bit more standardizing of, of what you can use so that uh, we can limit just just the excuses of the aero wash that keep popping up because um, we want to see good racing. The tires are a big thing about that and they're also one of the cheapest things. And if we can get the cars to be cheap to, to build and to maintain, that'll be even better. Probably take a whole, you know, maybe a few hundred sensors out of them as well because at the moment they have a sensor for the temperature in their arsehole um, while they're driving around. Oh, I probably shouldn't have said arsehole. I've just made this explicit. Um, and um, yeah, so it is just like, I just think that that is the best way forward. We don't want to see hard and soft. We just want to see soft running in the sprint rounds. And then when we go to the long distance races, um, obviously we can change and go to uh, the harder style tire for those. Um, so yeah, so that, that's my thought on it really pretty good weekend of racing looking forward to seeing what comes this weekend with the revised uh, format so um, i'm going to leave it there guys um, if you want to get in touch with me you can do so on twitter at skuko85 or on instagram at skuko's podcast uh, while you're there hit the follow button and stay up to date with what's going on or have a friendly chat you can dm me um, and uh, if you're listening on itunes Please be sure to subscribe and uh, and if you're on Spotify, follow to get all the latest podcasts as we're going along. I will make mention I am considering doing a bit of a car format as well, like just talking about cars in general and what's happening on that. Give us a, a little bit of feedback on whether you guys would like to hear that and um, we'll go from there. All right, guys, we'll have a great week and uh, we'll speak to you next week. <laughs>